Hello and welcome to the Shagilala Salami Show. It's the Virtual Cafe and I'm Shagilala Salami. I can see some new faces here. Who have I got? Good morning, or I guess good afternoon for you. Uh, my name is Jim Mascara. I'm uh, located in St. Louis, Missouri, in the uh, heartland of the United States. Uh, I'm an author of a couple of different series on the uh, nonfiction side. Uh, it's called Escaping Oz. It deals with uh, financial economic topics. On the fictional side, I have a protagonist by the name of Chandler Scott, who's part of a thriller series that features politics, uh, economics, and cyber terror. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Okay. And what would you like to have in the cafe? I think a nice tall glass of iced tea. Perfect. You know, we've been having a heat wave here um, in London. I mean, it's been, I think we had like two or three days where it got to 30 degrees. So I think an iced tea is perfect. Normally I would have some pastry, but it's been so hot. It's that kind of heat where you just really, it just saps your energy and you almost feel like you're in a desert somewhere. Um, so yeah, so no pastries, but I put Oreo biscuits. Would you like some? Yes, absolutely. Okay, fabulous. Normally my little human would be here to help me out, but you know, I've shipped her up somewhere to go play around and run around some, but you know, burn off some excess baby energy. So when she comes back home, she's just shattered and goes to bed so that I can get some rest because this heat is not even playing with anybody. Uh, but yeah, so give me a second, I'll get that um, ready for you. And who have I got here next? Yeah, my name is Nathan Siegel. I'm uh, coming to you from Ensenada, Baja, California, Mexico. And I've been working as a freelance writer for the last 19 years. My major beat has been technology, mostly computer graphics and photography and publishing articles. I've been published over a thousand times. I've written uh, a number of books, again, on computer graphics and, and, and photography. Although in recent months I've switched into, well, my last book was about overcoming bullying. And th that transitioned into the topic of post-traumatic stress. And what my main thing is right now is working with a group of coaches out of Australia. And we have techniques to help people recover from post-traumatic stress extremely fast. And the last couple of days I've been working on a sales letter and what they call a video sales letter quite literally done this morning. So we're just getting the word out about that. That's uh, that's the main thing I'm doing right now. Oh, cool. Have you written any books? Yeah, nine of them. Oh, right. What were your books about? Computer graphics and photography for the most part. And the last book is uh, it's called Life After Bullying. And it's, it's based on my experiences of being bullied uh, throughout my, my life. And it's not so much about blaming anybody. What it is about is showing people how to deal with the problem, how to get away from these people, and more importantly, how to get help, how to get recovery. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of practical information there because um, the problem can be extremely insidious and have a tendency to follow you around. And part of what I talk about is how to get these people out of your life. Yeah, yeah. That sounds interesting. So what would you like to drink in this hot sunny day in London? Well, you're in London. I'm in Ensenada, so it's not anywhere nearly as hot. It's maybe like maybe 18 degrees, 17 degrees. I, I would just like more coffee. Nice refill. So, and you said Mexico, so you're in Mexico, because again, my geography is really bad. Yeah. I'm on okay, the west okay. coast. So I wasn't sure if I heard New Mexico or Mexico, because I know that there is New Mexico in America. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm in the country of Mexico. 
New, uh, New Mexico is a state. Um, not entirely sure where it is. I, mean, I have a rough idea, but no, I'm in the country of Mexico. I'm 100 kilometers south of San Diego on the coast. Mm, interesting. Well, it seems like a guest. So you're the first guest from Mexico. I've had people from Singapore, Malaysia. Where else have I had people come from? Um, Australia, lots of Americans. I think one or two Canadians. So you're the first uh, Mexican or you know guest from Mexico. Well, thank you for coming over. So what would you like to do? Oh, yes, you said coffee. And would you like some Oreo biscuits with your coffee? Because that's all I've got today. Oh, I, yeah, I love Oreos, sure. That'd be awesome. Perfect. It's nice. I always think to, whenever I get the chance and I'm not too tired, I like to think I make a mean Oreo cake. Like, Oreo is like the best thing to slice bread, I think. It's the most, it's just the best I, thing. I've had Oreo cheesecake, which is just outstanding. Oh, my God. That, that sounds amazing. Don't forget the Oreo yeah. ice cream. I've not had it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, if you go to a, a Dairy Queen, of course, you could get Oreo cookies in a, in a, in a blizzard, I believe they call it. It's quite tasty, quite mm. nice. I've been seeing Oreo ice cream in the supermarket, and I've been quite, you know one of those ones where you're like, I'm fighting temptation. I really, you know you want to, when you're like, you know what, I'm sure if I start, I probably would not stop. So I've literally been fighting it. But now it's you know today has been cool, um, so maybe I might just give into that temptation and try the Oreo ice cream. Now you guys. Now, are now remember, you have to set a good example for your kids too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you make sure that you have it when they're not around. Yes. Yes, that's true. Because this heat wave, this little child of mine, she's been having an ice cream a day. And I can't really say no because when the temperature is 30 degrees and you touch your skin and it's burning and she's a winter baby, okay, fine, you know, it's okay, you can have ice cream. And she pulls it on every single day she has an ice cream. And some days she has two ice creams. And it's like, oh. yes, yeah, sir, I think you're right. I will do it when she's not around. <laughs> But, you know, be that as it may, be that as it may. Um, so, Jim, tell me about your book, because I heard something about cyber terrorism, and that just sounds amazing on its own. Well, the, the fictional series is under the protagonist, Chandler Scott. The first novel is called 2020. The second novel is called Rebellion. And the third novel in the series is called Division. And one thing, if you look at mm -hmm. each one of my book covers, uh, you'll see... Uh, the stars and stripes represented in some way. So that should be a clue that all of the books deal with things in the United States, uh, mostly centered on politics, financial crisis, and cyber terror, things that are very, very prevalent in our society today. So one of the things I try to tell readers is that if you want a, a peek, if you will, into a potential path for the United States, you know, read some of the, read these books and how they lay out, and you'll see how we were, as we were talking off the air earlier, that as a society, we've kind of gotten away from supporting the foundation of at least how the United States was founded, which is supporting freedoms of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression. And we've deviated more towards freedom from certain wants and needs that were not particularly articulated in the Constitution. So the, the books really kind of uh, underline that theme of is that something that we really want to do or continue doing? Because as we continue to do that, uh, we've placed more and more pressure on governments to keep providing more and more. And of course, there's always financial responsibilities associated with that. So 
what's ha what happens with the protagonist Chandler Scott, who's a journalist, he kind of progresses through his professional career, his love life, his mentorships that he has, and he gets further and further involved in you know the political situation in the United States. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, cyber terror, which of course is is plaguing you know not obviously just the United States but all over the world starts to have an impact not just on you know the election process but in people's day-to-day -day lives and, and you see that reflected very very much in the second book rebellion and as you have this authority encroaching on the citizens of the united states you have people that start to push back uh from a secessionary perspective and there's a really really interesting character that i introduced in the second book that he's what i call a cyber secessionist so he's somebody that's causing mayhem and you don't really see who he is. You just see kind of a representation and outline of who he is. But he he talks about all of these themes of how technology is allowing people essentially to liberate themselves, to disintermediate government. And he's talking about really having a society that's separate of all that. And so there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of new concepts that get introduced throughout the course of the three novels. Hmm. Hmm. See now, as you were speaking, you know something was running through my mind, right? Um, I remember a conversation that I was having with a guest, you know, in the Virtue Cafe. Um, and again, it's not just, you know, with that person, but, you know, I've had, you know, several different conversations, right? And, you know, when you speak to the powers, not the powers, but the people that are more knowledgeable, right? Um, you know, the coaches, the, you know, the consultants, you know, they would say that, you know, people use their writing <clears throat> to show expertise, right? So, for instance, Nathan, you know, who does IT, he might use his writing to show his expertise, um, you know, in an IT field. Um, and so when people use it, they now think, oh, yes, you know, he's quite, you know. So when people, you know, who write books, you know, like yourself, you know, which have a very strong theme based on what is currently going on in the world, um, do you think that um, in politics, not necessarily in the sense that they shouldn't have a personal opinion, because obviously their personal life is different to their author lives, right? And one lady that I do know, and I don't follow her very strongly or, you know, quite a lot, you know, occasionally she comes into my radar, and she's this um, Nigerian um, author, um, and she writes, you know, quite... I've never read any of her books, sadly to say, uh, but I think her books are quite intense from what I hear. Um, and she, you know, so from her books, the impression that I get is that she writes books that touches on feminism. And I've listened to some speeches that she's given, or rather to some interviews that she's given, where she talks about things from a feminist point of view. So do you think, you know, authors um, should then use, you know, that, you know, that have, um, that write, say, political thrillers like you, for instance, do you think that they also have a role in politics? Do you feel, um, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, just get a feel of what different people think um, about stuff. Um, <clears throat> so what do you what do you think? Yeah, I, I do. And as a matter of fact, I use the, my fictional writing and non-fictional writing as a platform for conveying information, let's say, to people about their political choices. And, and again, I try to be very, very subtle about it. But when you read the first book in the series, which is 2020 in the fictional series, you will be hopefully thrilled and entertained, but there's also some educational components that are provided as well. 
Uh, and I've been, that's been reflected in some of the reviews that I've gotten from the book where people say, oh, I didn't realize that about money or gold or something like that. And um, so it's important to understand that as part of a theme. Yeah. But there's also some subtle, you know, political messages that are transmitted through some of the characters in, in all of the novels. And again, it's really meant to inspire people to think and reflect, because as we were talking off air, uh, the, the political situation in the United States obviously got very murky in the 2016 election, and it only stands to continue to get uh, even more so. But as citizens in the United States, you know, we have a responsibility to elect our leaders at all levels. But we are deficient in many respects from understanding, you know, what government can and can't do and what the costs associated with it. So I, I definitely convey a, a lot of information. Again, does, it's, it's apolitical, but it's very, it's very intensive from the, from the standpoint of making people think and just ask the right questions. And with my latest nonfiction book, if I could add, to try to engage in a very uh, open-minded, middle-of-the-road discussion, because right now in the United States, we're suffering, you know, from a lot of polarization, and we don't have that political middle. And that's one of the themes of my last nonfiction book is to try to arrive at that political middle to have, you know, some cogent discussions about what needs to happen. Interesting. So, um, Nathan, um, now if I remember correctly, and again, you know what, this is my excuse. I have baby brain, and apparently, I can use baby brain as an excuse to my child turns twenty-one, right? So you'll have to bear with me, right? So I think I heard you say that, um, you know, you write, no, not write, you, um, you do something about post-traumatic stress, right? Yep. So um, would you, oh, I'm trying to think of how to, how to put this now. As an author, and I know you're trying to do it, you did mention about this fantastic, um, Therapy, what was it you called it again? It was a it's, something linguistic. Oh, it's, it's neuro-linguistic programming. That's, that's yes. what we use. Yeah. Yes. No, that's fine. Um, and, you know, I, I will ask you again what it is, because like I said, I've got, I've got baby brain. Um, but, like, so when you use your writing, I, I strongly believe that it makes one, you know, an expert. So would you ever... Um, where do you see any author, not just yourself? So it's not, you know, it's, I'm not asking, you know, who you voted for or what your personal beliefs are, you know, that's, you know, not what here, you know, we're just here, you know, having a conversation. I'm trying to understand, like, would you also say that, you know, as an author or, you know, or not just yourself personally, anyone as an author, you know, would have a role in politics, no matter how minute it is, or do you think that all authors should stay away completely from? Because you know, authors have a you know a platform, you know, where people come to find out more information from them, learn something. You know, people follow authors for you know for different reasons. Um, so, do you think that, especially you know, you're doing something that I think is actually quite incredible? Um, and you know, so what do you think? Let me not try and put words into your mouth. What do you think? Well, number one, I, I'm not going to even try to speak for other authors. That's not my place. I, I prefer to deal with just my, my own life rather than trying to say anything about how anyone else should behave. And as, as far as politics are concerned in terms of my writing, it's, it's never really been something I've spoken about. I, I mean, I've wound up interviewing people. Politics may have come into the conversation, but I'm having a hard time remembering any time when it actually has. 
the only way that politics uh, seem to be coming into my life now is because of what I'm doing with post-traumatic stress. And that's simply to do with uh, dealing with government agencies, getting funding and so on. And we're just at the very beginning of that. And actually what's been happening it, ever since we teamed up with this uh, marketer that we met a couple of days ago, he was basically telling me that my approach of contacting different organizations and some of them are involved with politics, he basically said, stop doing that. Oh, really? And, yeah, absolutely. But not because of political reasons. It's because of the marketing technique of cold calling, which is really, depending on who you talk to, not a good thing to do, not very effective. And what he was encouraging us to do was concentrate our marketing in an in internet marketing way. In other words, um, direct marketing techniques, but on the internet. So writing sales letters, doing video sales letters, marketing using Facebook ads, another uh, ad techniques of reaching our audience that way. And to not worry so much about trying to get things happening with organizations. I mean, I'm still going to do some of that and politics will definitely come into it. Uh, I can't tell you how much. I have no idea. I mean, it's something that part of it is, well, it's just outside of my knowledge base. There's only one way to find out and that's to do it. Yes, and, yes, yes. I mean, where it's good, where, where I see it coming into play actually is just to do with, are you guys certified? Is there a certification that we can draw on and I can see that getting political, but as to what degree, not the slightest clue. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I guess, you know, see, and I guess why, you know, I, I sort of put the question is, you know, because I've seen lots of things, because obviously we've had, you know, elections, you know, recently, and I've seen, you know, here, I mean, most of the people that sort of turn up on my timelines, other than my friends, you know, they are mostly in the UK, um, and everyone seems to have, you know, an opinion about you know what's going on and then you find people essentially you know we've had this um fault in one of the buildings in london and where there was this massive fire that ended up killing loads of people um and you know so you then found that a lot of people then ended up speaking up and giving their opinions um about things and it got me thinking though that you know me not me personally that as an author you know when there was say you know a disaster or something happened you know, should authors then use their platform to speak out and give an opinion or just give people choices to say, well, this is option one and this is option two, you know, maybe go and think about it just the way, you know, Jim does, you know, with his his books where, you know, he gives, um, you know, I, from, I can't say as best as he's done, you know, where it's education, but he then gives people, you know, sort of things to think about, um, you know, so it's just something that, you know, crossed my mind where I'm like, Oh, okay, so when there was that fire, you know, should authors, you know, come up and say, you know, as this author, you know, living in London, you know, this is what I think, you know, this is what the government has, you know, should have done. This with the failings, they need to be held accountable. Or, you know, should authors just, you know, sort of stay away? And it was just sort of stuff that was just randomly going on through my head, you know, that I was just sort of well, well, if, if I, I think one of the things that you see, particularly, and I'll throw uh, authors in the realm of uh, artists in general, uh, you'll see a lot of uh, musicians that can be very, very political. Uh, I think what you're seeing though is they, they tend to, to move towards the polars, to, or towards the poles, excuse me. And so uh, 
that that just that tends to kind of intensify the polarization that you see, not just in the United States and other parts of the world, especially. But you, you mentioned the fire that happened in London. Obviously, uh, your your country right now is being subjected to a lot of terror attacks, and there's obviously a lot of politics wrapped around that. And yeah. you know, even more so now when your prime minister called for the snap election, and it, and it didn't go exactly <laughs> the way exactly the way that she thought. Um, and, and no doubt that probably two or three months ago, the polls showed that she would have an easy time winning and, and the, the conservatives would have an easy time winning. But look at what's happened, obviously, since that time. Uh, terrorism has taken on a, a, a different complexion, right, with a, a lot of low-level terror attacks. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I do think there's a platform there for it. But what I try to do, I'm very, very conscious of this, is not to try to uh, arrive at either of the polls. But to provide that more of that centralized information so people can kind of draw their own conclusions. But in order to do that, you have to have people ask the right questions. And that's something that I think is sorely missing. Hmm. Yes. No, that, that's, that's quite, that's quite, uh, that's quite true. Um, okay. Well, it's been, it's been quite um, interesting, you know, having both of you, um, and listening to what you think um, about politics. And like I said, you know, it's something that's, you know, sort of quite current, going on in, in the UK um, at the moment. Um, and so that was why it kind of came to my mind, that, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, for you, Nathan, you know, you do a lot of, you know, um, post-traumatic stress things, you know, would you ever say, you know, put random thoughts on your Twitter feed and say, oh, you know what, this is what the government can be doing to help out, or this is what the government should be doing to help out. Would you ever do such a thing or would you just stay away completely? I tend to stay away from it for the most part because what what I keep seeing is people e expecting um, help in different ways and they're not getting it and they keep it like I've encountered a number of people to do with what we're doing who are demanding that we do our work for absolutely nothing, no monetary compensation at all a couple of, uh, and on a regardless of politics i mean we have to make a living we can't keep the lights on if nobody's going to pay us and yeah. this come up repeatedly there was this one woman in canada who was demanding that we give her everything we have for nothing no advertising allowed no money allowed and we basically told her to get lost but the one thing that I noticed a lot about her she'd been hurt she's got all this stuff she's angry at the government my opinion this is a wrong approach if if you really want to get something happening then you'd be far better off to learn marketing techniques to raise funds and get donations or do whatever else you need to do irrespective of the government and to stop expecting the government to save you. Yeah, that's just my my sense of it, and that's that's why uh, in the last couple of days, you know, talking with this marketing fellow that we're working with, is to change our approach away from that and to learn really good marketing techniques and really good ways of talking to the people who need what we have. Because one of the huge problems that we've got is. There are tons of people who need what we've got. Most of them, from what I can tell, are veterans. And the other thing that has shocked me quite a bit is most of them seem to be as poor as church mice. And so, so we yeah. have no way of helping them because, we, again, like I said, we can't do it for free. There's got to be funding from somewhere. And so rather than trying to get funding from government or going through all these different hoops, we're concentrating on direct marketing techniques 
and using an entirely different approach where we don't have to worry about that. And from what I've seen of direct marketing over the years, if you know what you're doing, you have a really good message, you know how to convey it in a way that persuades people uh, where they look at your whatever it is you're offering, and you say it in a way that that it resonates with them, then that's where you're going to get the people from. That's my take on it. Fabulous. Well, it's getting to that point where I think I need a drink. No, not an alcoholic drink. I need to go and get something nice and cool to, you know, quench the fire in my throat because, you know, when it's really nice and warm, you need something every now and then. And I know I haven't given you guys your drinks. We'll have to do that next time. So before I kick you off so that I can get my drink, where's them? Rush, anyone? Yes. So, yeah, sorry, there was a drop out there. Yeah, you dropped out. I said before I kick you out of the, um, you know, of my cafe and go get a drink for myself, and I know I haven't gotten you guys your drinks yet. You'll have to, uh, we'll have to do that next time. Any words of wisdom? Yeah, I, uh, I'd like to encourage people to visit my website, uh, jimmoscara.com, J-I-M-M-O-S-Q-U-E-R-A.com. If you want to have a very unique reading experience in the fictional thriller realm and that will something that will resonate with you very, very strongly uh, based on current events that we talked about earlier, politics, financial crisis, and, and cyber terror, I think it'll be an enjoyable read for you. Fabulous. And how do they, are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm also on Twitter uh, at the Sentinel Man, T H E S E N T I N E L M A N. Fabulous. And Nathan, any final words of wisdom? Yeah, well, for people to learn about what's going on from my end, I mean, my website is nathansegal.org. So the last name is spelled S E G A L. And so that, that's mostly a repository for my writing, copywriting, freelance writing, articles, books, that kind of thing. If you want to learn about the, the PTSD side of things, you would visit uh, my Facebook group, which is, I'm trying to think, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash uh, freedom from PTSD. So that would get you to the group and you can join it and be a part of the conversation. And beyond that, there's the uh, there's the stuff on my YouTube channel. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't remember the the code for it, but you would just need to do a search for it. And um, uh, that's about all I can think of in that way. Fabulous, fabulous. Oh, I just remembered something now. See, normally I don't really talk about what I'm doing, but I just thought, you know what? I'll do so today because it's nice and warm. And you know, I think every now and then I'm allowed to talk about myself. Um, so. I'm organizing a virtual summit in September. All the info is on my blog. Um, so shagilalasalami.co.uk forward slash blog. And basically, it's a, it's a digital, so it's called Investing in Africa 2017 Virtual Summit um, Digital Strategies. And basically, it's for authorpreneurs, bloggerpreneurs, mompreneurs, any type of entrepreneur there is. Like I, do, I think this is the top three ones that come uh, you know, in my head. And basically, I mean, you guys are authors. You know, it was the other day, well, not the other day, I think about a few months ago, that I discovered that not everybody in the whole world, right, that has access to an internet can download books from Amazon. Did you guys know that? Uh, no, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Actually, um, 
been aware of it because of being in Mexico. I, there are definite limitations. The way that you would get around it, or at least the way I've done stuff like that, is to change the address on my account so that it's either a Canadian or a U.S. address. Because when you're out of the country, you do run, run into those limitations, for sure. Yeah, see, I didn't know that before. I always used to assume that anybody anywhere in the world can easily download an ebook off of Amazon. And it was only when nope. I was having a conversation with someone that I realized that actually, no, you can't. Right? And no. so I was then thinking, oh my good Lord, authors are missing out on a huge, because everybody seems to think Amazon is the best way forward. I mean, Amazon, they're leading the way, right? Um, and they're trying to sort of, you know, push out everybody else, you know, the way and doing you know, some things that some authors or, you know, shop owners might think is questionable. But, you know, that's not my opinion. Just, you know, that's what, you know, from having conversations with people, a lot of people. Maybe, but maybe we, you can take, maybe you can take that on as a project for us to solve that problem. Well, yes. <laughs> there, there are there are solutions, and uh, there there are two different things that I, I want to mention is for authors to get their books out in a whole bunch of different channels, and not just Amazon. Uh, the the number one that I had heard about is called Smashwords, where you take your your books and you format them for that format. But I can tell you, having tried it multiple times, I couldn't get it right, no matter what I did, and I finally gave up. And I actually put a, a query on an author's forum a, a while ago about this. And somebody said, oh, why don't you try draft to digital? So that's, it's draft. That's, that, that's, ex that's exactly the one that I would suggest. I have a bunch of books on there, too. Yeah. So, so for the URL, it's draft and then the number two and then digital. And so I took my book and I put it on their service. And they were so helpful. And they solved a couple of problems for me in terms of getting it set up. And within a very short period of time, I think my book got distributed to about nine different channels like Barnes and Noble and Kobo and iTunes and this and that. So it, it addresses a whole bunch of, a pro, a whole bunch of problems and it, and it makes life a lot simpler for the author. So in terms of your book being available in different parts of the world, that part I still don't know about, but at least your book is out there in so many different formats and you're not restricted to Amazon only. Oh, yes, yes, no, definitely. Um, I mean, but the problem though is, you know, with people who are based in Africa, I mean, I'm Nigerian, so you can imagine in Nigeria, they are, what, close to 200 million people. Um, and so, again, you know, one of the things that I found, um, you know, when I was sort of doing this sort of research, when I found out, you know, I was then speaking to more people, you know, most of those places, you know, they can only purchase things in dollars um, as opposed to in local currency. But, you know, that's a conversation that's neither here nor there um, today. So that was sort of what sort of got me thinking and thinking and thinking. I'm like, okay, well, you know what, as an author and you're, you know, trying to target people who, uh, you know, say in America or, you know, the usual places that would think that um, people would buy our books from. But if you ever wanted to reach a bigger audience, right, well, how about trying to then work and, you know, target and promote your books and your services and all these things to people who are in Africa, for instance. And that's how, you know, I then decided, you know, to get this summit. And it's more not for, from an end user point of view, but it's more for, um, you know, business and men and women. And I think authors, apart from hobby authors, you know, for authors, authors who want to make a living from their books, then I also, I think of them as business men and women. Um, so I just thought, you know what? So I then got a group of, um, you know, people who have done stuff uh, where they, promote their books or their services, not just in one local region. 
and they would then come and you know give digital you know they'll give step-by-step -step, um, strategies that they've used to you know reach a bigger audience and hopefully we will then be able to apply all those things that we will learn and I'm hoping I will learn something from it um, you know to then reach you know this is potentially untapped so I hope you will register and get a ticket for you and a friend and you know come support this listen to what these other um, guest speakers would have to say but all the info is on my blog so shakilolasalami.co.uk forward slash blog sounds interesting thank you very much yeah. so that's my that's my little plug for today <laughs> okay yeah but it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you guys and it's not every day i have two guys all to myself normally there's usually another woman and it's one guy having two women to himself or more <laughs> well hopefully we didn't overwhelm you with our good looks yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes anyway let me go get my drink um and hopefully i might get to see you guys and chat with you guys again sometime soon well, thanks a lot for having us on. My thanks pleasure. All right. Until next time. Okay, okay then. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye.